amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, listeners, and welcome into the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast, where we're always talking everything college hoops for you guys out there. Thanks to Blog Talk Radio for powering us up and getting us in your speakers and in your earbuds. Thanks to Bell Jar for taking us in and out. Please give them a little look on iTunes or wherever else you might be looking for some good new music. Thanks for carving out some time and tuning in. You could have been anywhere else in the dial, but you chose to be here with us, Mike and Gus, and we appreciate that. Uh, so we just want to give you guys a little off-season rundown of what in the world's going on in the world of college basketball. Hope everybody enjoyed their 4th of July. Hope everybody was safe out there. Hope everybody spent time with family, friends, and the appropriate parties. Cheers. So let's just get into some of this college basketball madness that's been happening since Mike and I have been on a little getaway, little vacation. Spent some time with some family, got away to the lake for a day and a bit. Spent some time with some family as well. Celebrated with some fireworks, a couple beverages. Threw about, I don't know, I'm going to say over a hundred wiffle ball pitches to kids aged four to eight. And I was throwing strike after strike and getting lit up by all those little hitters man that was a good time on fourth of july there was one boy my nephew man he just lit me up about 10 pitches in a row i was in a groove just grooving him some some you know overhand fastballs with the wiffle ball kid was rocking in those things out into the driveway holy smokes dang kudos to my nephew so let's get, hopefully you guys had a similar experience where you had some quality time with some friends doing something fun, quality like getting lit up by your nephew, your second grade nephew uh, in wiffle ball. That would be incredible. So let's get into some of the things that, uh, we'll go, how about this? We'll call them showdowns, right? I got three showdowns to start. First showdown slash, I don't know, matchup. It's Kevin Ollie versus UConn. Dun, 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 dun. Kevin Ollie won a national championship as a coach at UConn, was the man that followed the man, which is always a tough job at UConn. He won his national championship with that Shabazz Napier team as a seven seed a few years ago, but then has fall, fallen on hard time. UConn has switched conferences, went out of the Big East, went into the AAC, and really has been kind of ordinary since then, not even making the tournament the last couple of years, and kind of struggling to finding some relevancy. That, I think, is part of the issue of why UConn relieved him of his services. It seems like this thing is just getting messier and messier, right, guys? I mean, now Ali is threatening to sue for the buyout or the, you know, the coach's contracts are are, are just so ironclad where they get their money one way or another, whether it be buyout or or principal, something of that nature. Correct. So Kevin Ali and UConn are in this money feud, and it seems like it's stemmed from like some I don't know 
things that any other college would probably do. It's not anything that's fishy. One of the things is that he arranged to have former Husky great, a future NBA Hall of Famer, Ray Allen, call one of the recruits on the phone. So you're telling me, let me just get this straight. Let me get this straight. Then this is like an NCAA violation, okay? You can't have your buddy call somebody to just say like, hey, can you give this guy a call for me? It seems like, you know, it would be helpful for my situation if you gave him a call. Like, Ray Allen isn't even playing professional basketball anymore. You can't even have like a retired NBA player call one of your recruits. That that's illegal now. Is that that that's like against some sort of code, or that gets fined? I, I don't get that part. I don't know why that's even mentioned in any article anywhere. That seems just silly. Again, we've mentioned before in the podcast that the rules are broke. This is yet another example of the rules being broke. If you can't just have somebody make a phone call, that seems just outrageous. Also, there was some chatter of some off-season workouts. It seems like uh, maybe they were done on campus, maybe they're done off campus. When they were done off campus, did the players get extra Gatorades? Did they get to sleep over at somebody's house when they went to go do these workouts? Again, it just seems like anything that any other college student would do anytime. Hey, you know what? I heard there's a big concert. Why don't we go down to uh, Why don't we go down to Larry's house? Sleep over his house. He'll get us egg sandwiches and Gatorades in the morning, and then we'll go to the concert. It seems like that's kind of similar to the situation here. It seems kind of similar to the, like the Georgia Tech uh, uh, passenger situation, where those guys went down and, and, and whatever spent time in somebody's pool or, or at somebody's like getaway house, lake house, and then those guys had to be suspended for a couple of games at the start of the season. But is this really what we're squabbling over with Kevin Ollie and UConn? I mean, I feel like there has to be something more here. And if this is it, just let it go already. Like, pay the guys money, let them move on, put it to bed. You got Dan Hurley in there. We're good to go. We're good. You got your guy that you wanted. Program's going to be on the up and up. You ha- you're in a conference where you could be the, like, do- or should be the dominant team in that conference for years to come just because of your legacy. Just let it go. Come on. Let's roll on. So winner in that matchup, I hope it's Kevin Ali. I hope it's not UConn. And hopefully this thing just like quietly goes to bed and we don't have to read about it or hear about it. But if you're going to like dismiss so, I don't know, disruptively one of your like prodigal sons and like one of your like, one, you know, one of your own. I, I don't know if that speaks well to UConn on, on the whole. I, I think they come out. I think there's going to be some uh, unforeseen circumstances down the road. Oh, this is how UConn treats their people. Uh, I don't know how this is the place I want to go. I bet somebody makes that decision somewhere along the line. And Ho- Hurley's going to have to clean up that mess. That's, I don't know, they're, they're paying him a lot of money. They should give him some collateral damage payment with this like shenanigans back and forth for this uh, uh, contract that Ali is going to maybe perhaps sue the, the, the university over. So let's go to the second matchup. Second matchup, ding, 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 Coach K versus Wendell Carter's mom. This one seems odd to me, right? Is it the first time that we've had like a high profile parent like voice their opinion on like stats, playing time, results? I don't know, ownership of playing time, promises that were made or maybe not made? I don't know. It seems kind of odd. Did Coach Cal ever have this situation when he was running the platoon situation at Kentucky where all of those guys sacrificed? Did Anthony Davis's mom complain about her son? I I don't know, shortchanged of college stats during his one year when he averaged, I don't know, almost 11 points a game. Carl Anthony Towns? And he averaged about 10 points a game. And now he's one of the few, both of those guys 
are the two NBA players that are averaging 25, 20 points and 10 rebounds currently in the NBA. Is that an issue when they were at Kentucky? No. So why is this an issue with Coach K and Wendell Carter's mom? I don't have an answer for you of why it is, but I can tell you that Marvin Bagley is part of the problem here. I think when they brought Wendell Carter in, they said like, hey, we're, you're going to be the central point. We're going to run a whole bunch of paint touches through you. We're going to have a whole bunch of shooters around you. And that's how we're going to run our offense. Bagley gets reclassified. He comes in. Okay, whoops. This guy is going to be the central part of the offense. Sorry, Wendell Carter. You're going to have to be an ancillary piece, get some offensive rebounds, defend, and then we're going to ask you to do a couple of things that we didn't ask you to do initially when we recruited you. What did Wendell Carter do? He said, okay, sounds good. Let's try to win a championship. Let's try to win an ACC championship. Let's try to make the best of this situation and move forward. And I get to play with some great players. By the way, if you're the Bulls, How excited are you that you have that type of player on your roster and in your locker room right now? Somebody that's so selfless and just was like, okay, I'm cool with this. I know I could probably put up 20 and 10, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put up, I don't know, uh, uh, 13 and 8, maybe 9 boards and play only, I don't know, 20-something minutes a game while all of my minutes and numbers are curtailed because of our roster makeup as a Blue Devil. I'd be so excited if I was a a Bulls coach. That's the type of guy you want in your locker room. Somebody that's selfless, somebody that will turn the other cheek, and somebody that will sacrifice for the greater good of the team. So you know that that's not going to be an issue moving forward with Wendell Carter, the Bulls. But back to the college game. Again, why hasn't Coach Cal had this problem in the past? And I think we're finding the difference between Coach Cal and Coach K. Coach K is at a certain point in his life where he had to make a decision. Am I going to go with these one and dones or am I going to continue to try to be the guy that develops a team and win a championship every now and then through the Duke system? Because of his advanced age over uh, Coach Cal, he decided to jump in on the one and done bandwagon and say, okay, I'm in on this. Maybe use some influence with USA Basketball, so on and so on. Bron, I've coached Carmelo, I've coached... uh, superstar that's in the NBA that, that that's that matters at this point that's won a gold medal. So it's interesting that Coach Cal hasn't run into one singular position that Coach K finds himself right now with Wendell Carter's mom. Even though all of the athletes that Coach Cal and, uh, at Kentucky has coached in the NBA, I mean, it, I read something where all of his players combined all their contracts are worth over a billion dollars during their lifetime. Is that, is that, that's crazy. That's unbelievable. So the, he's had many more opportunities to have something like this flare up, and it hasn't. So I think it speaks to Coach Cal's honesty and his like forthright sales pitch saying, your kid is going to come here, and I'm going to make him a, a better player, ready for the NBA, but his college stats are going to suffer, unless you're like Malik Monk, somebody like along those lines, right, that put up a ton of points and, and had like these, these meteor-type games of 47 with a whole bunch of threes that broke the scoreboard. I don't know if Coach K, even with the reclassification of Bagley, has that same sales pitch, but I bet from here on out he might. Now, here's my prediction, and this like gives us a little teaser for what I might do with my you know top 25 slash top 32 coming out. Hopefully next week, almost have it put together, so on and so on. I think this Duke team, the current construction of it, I don't know if it's going to be championship level. Is it going to be good? Yeah. Is it going to be fun to watch? Yeah. Is it going to be interesting? Are they going to be positionless? Yeah. 
Are they going to do a whole bunch of interesting things? Yeah, I think Coach K is going to pull out a whole bunch of like USA basketball tricks here with this particular roster. But is it going to be successful and translate to wins? I, I don't know. Maybe maybe some of these guys on the roster, whether it be Barrett or, or Zion or, or Reddish or any of those guys, or maybe some of the, left, the leftovers, maybe Bolden, you know, the big that he said, Coach K says is going to be one of the best bigs in the nation this year. I don't know. Maybe one of those parents speak up. Or maybe one of those guys just actually speak up for themselves and say, like, I'm not happy with this situation. I can see this thing getting a little ugly if it doesn't get off on the right foot right away for Coach K and Duke this year. So thus, I'm going to, like, put Duke a little bit further down in my preseason rankings than I think everybody else might have. So winner there, ding, ding, ding. It might be Wendell Carter's mom because I don't know if Coach K can navigate this properly. This might be the one of the toughest things he's had to do coaching uh, in the collegiate level is figuring out how to manage not only the the egos of the players, but maybe the egos of the parents and and, uh, the families that he's recruiting. Tricky trip if you're Coach K or any big-time coach bringing in these big players. Multiple big players year after year. Speaking of Coach Cal, ding, 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 last matchup. How about Kentucky versus the endless Final Four expectations that they have? Every year. Like, it seems like every year, if you're going to read a preseason top 25 list, Kentucky, the last seven, eight, nine years since Coach Cal has been there, has been in the top 10 every single year. This year, no exception. Now, things are different. Much like Coach K changed his narrative and his process, his recruiting strategy, and his coaching technique, Coach Cal has done the same as well. Coach Cal was never a big transfer guy. He let a couple of people leave. If you remember, uh, Kyle Wilcher went out to Gonzaga, uh, and this time he pulled it the other way. He brought in a grad transfer from Stanford, Reed Travis, and now he has one year to play with some of the incoming freshmen that he has and some of the returning players that he has as well. So he's kind of changed the recipe. Instead of just starting four freshmen and whoever else might be left over, he's going to have a beautiful recipe of a couple of sophomores that are left over from the previous year, Travis, who's going to be a, a you know a transfer senior, and then a couple of really high-profile freshmen. So, is this the strategy that's going to get Coach Cal his second title? Because he's been searching, searching, longing for, looking for. He's made the Final Four a bunch of times, you know, three or four times over the past ten years. That's as much or more than any coach that has made the Final Four over the same span. We kind of think in our back of our mind, shouldn't Kentucky, shouldn't Cal have more than one title? Maybe this is the year that he garners that second title with the change of recipe here as far as bringing in a grad transfer that can have a big impact. And this is kind of like the opposite end of the spectrum that we were talking about with Coach K. Coach K brings in these high-level recruits. You get to play in the ACC. You get to be part of the Duke family. You get to be part of the brotherhood, hashtag brotherhood. Um, you get to put up big numbers. We're going to get you ready for the NBA. I'll teach you exactly the way I coached uh, the USA basketball squad, so on and so on. But Reed Travis is the complete other way with Kentucky. He put up big numbers at Stanford. You know, first first team, second team, all Pac-12 performer, 18 points per game, nine boards per game, really efficient from the field, over 50%, so on and so on. Why don't you come to Kentucky? And I can't even promise you that you're going to have the opportunity to put up those numbers, but I can give you the opportunity to get to a Final Four, be really successful in the win column, and I can improve your game and maybe get you ready for the next level, whether it's the NBA or overseas. So it's almost like he absolutely changed the whole sales pitch that he would have for 
an incoming freshman just says like, look, I can't promise you what you've already accomplished, but I can promise you possible success in the win column. Isn't that interesting? It's really interesting. I want to see what wins out here. So if I was going to pick a winner here, I think this year it might be Kentucky versus the endless Final Four expectations. I think Coach Cal and Kentucky are going to make another Final Four and have a chance to win a national championship this year. I think they're going to be, when we do our preseason picks, I think Kentucky will be in my Final Four. So I'm going to pick Kentucky as the winner. Ding, 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 as that matchup. And then let's just close up shop here with one more item that I think is, uh, you know, when, since we're talking Final Four here, another team that I'll probably have inside my preseason Final Four, definitely within my top five preseason ranking, is going to be Gonzaga. Gonzaga got great news this past week, hearing that they're going to score North, uh, North Dakota transfer Geno Crandall. What does this mean, right? Geno Crandall's a, a really gifted 6'4 guard. He had Xavier and uh, Mini, Minnesota, his home state, uh, as his final three. Uh, he had graduated from North Dakota, and he is, a, a, a much like Reed Travis, a grad transfer, so he's eligible to play immediately. Let me give you a little backstory here. I did a little research here. You know, I, I remember a couple of iconic games, and I went back and just took a look at a couple of things and, and said, like, did I remember this properly? You're telling me, you know, the Zags, Gonzaga, a, a top 10 team in everybody's preseason poll, right? Everybody, according, you know, if you want to look at metrics, they're 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 there as well on Ken Palm. You're telling me they're gonna get a guy that gave North Dakota Fighting Hawks slash Sioux their only singular NCAA invite? Are you joking? Here are the other things that we need to know about Crandall. Let's say you want to get to the NCAA dance and you've never been there. Let's say you're in your conference finals in the Big Sky in the tournament, right? And you're against Big Sky traditional powerhouse Weber State. Sound okay? Yeah, sounds exciting, right? How about if you're down six with 50 seconds to go in that championship game, NCAA invite on the line? What are you going to do then? You know what you're going to do? You're, you're going you're gonna to bank on Geno Crandall. That's what you're going to do. 48 seconds to go in that matchup in the Big Sky championship game to get to the NCAA tournament. They are uh, down six. 48 seconds to go, guess who makes two free throws? That's right, Crandall, they're down four. 38 seconds to go, he assists on a layup. They're down two. 15 seconds to go, gets a defensive rebound off a miss from Weber State. Guess what happens next? Eight seconds to go, he shoots a layup, makes the layup, ties up the game, sends it into overtime. Overtime in your conference championship game when you're down six with 50 seconds to go, guess who made every big play? The guy that's going to the Zex. And then in overtime, he has an assist, he has a steal, and he seals it with two free throws with two, 20 seconds left. The Fighting Hawks go on to the dance to play Arizona and win 93-89. Off to the dance they go. And then, by the way, when, he, when they got there, they played number two seed Arizona at that year. Arizona, remember, has legit... Three NBA guards. Kadeem Allen, playing for the Celtics. Raleigh Hawkins and Trier. I know they didn't get drafted in the second round, but they're playing in summer league right now. So against those three NBA guards, Crandall put up 12 points, six assists, and four steals in a 182 loss against number two Arizona. And by the way, with 10 minutes to go, North Dakota was only down 10. Arizona was up 71-61. So they played that team tough. I mean, if you want a number two seed to play a number 15 seed tough, 
They're only down with 10, 10 with 10 minutes to go. Crandall literally artistically created the first NCA invite for Fighting Hawks to play Arizona. The last minute of the championship game and then in overtime in the Big Sky Championship. Gonzaga is getting that guy. A couple other items on him. He's a two-time All-Big Sky performer. He had 90 starts. He started since a freshman. Uh, over his career, he averaged over 14 points, over four assists. He shot at just about 37% from three. Past year, he averaged uh, 16.5 points per game, over four boards, over three and a half assists, and he shot at almost 42% from three. And if you just want to go back one year, and I totally remember watching this game and thinking to myself, dang, I think North Dakota has two pros on the floor with Crandall and Seals. Crandall went off for 28, and Seals went off for 20-plus. When North Dakota went into Gonzaga and played the Bulldogs into overtime when they were just about, like, I don't know, like 25-point or 30-point underdogs during the regular season. So they go in there, and Crandall had a three under 30 seconds to go to force the overtime on the road in the kennel. The Zags won in overtime, but Crandall had 28. I mean, so they got first-hand experience of how great this point guard is. Combo guard, point guard, whatever you want to. So a couple of things here about Gonzaga and how this is going to affect them, right? Number one, they got great news right away, hearing that uh, Rui Hachimura and Killian Tilly are going to return. Neither one of them are stayed in the NBA draft or put their names in for the NBA draft. And they're both coming back to return to play uh, next year for the Zags. Number two, Brandon Clark, San Diego State, State transfer, 6'8-ish. He's going to be a stud. He just might be as good and as impactful and as important as both Rui and Tilly. And he totally fills that Jonathan Williams uh, role has was so important to Gonzaga's success during their championship run and even their Sweet 16 run last year. Brandon Clark, I think, is an underrated piece of the Gonzaga puzzle this particular season. If you remember, they lost out on Joe Cremo. Cremo was the another grad transfer uh, from Albany, and he chose Villanova. Uh, Gonzaga was one of their uh, one of his final uh, destinations, I think, in his final five. And also keep in mind, uh, you know, Josh Perkins, the incumbent point guard, uh, who's been and played countless amount of minutes, is coming off shoulder surgery. So just in case he's not all the way straight at the start of the season, we now have Crandall to kind of fill in some of that role. And if you remember the fourth thing, like Mark Few loves playing dueling point guards or just three-guard linemen. So if you remember like Pangos and Bell, both those guys could run the point. I mean, Pangos obviously was the more traditional point guard, but you could trust Bell with the ball at any time. Of course, they ran Pangos and Stockton and a whole bunch of lineups together. And then, of course, Nigel Williams-Goss and, and Perkins, both starting in the backcourt, so they had two excellent ball handlers or, or trusted ball handlers or, you know, quote-unquote point guards. And now you can have Perkins and Crandall. Perkins, a fifth-year senior. Crandall, a grad transfer. So if you have two reliable guys that have been through the wars, I mean, we mentioned uh, Crandall's credentials uh, about, uh, you know, getting the Fighting Hawks and, and, and North Dakota to, to, to the dance and, and how he performed. These guys know how to win college basketball games. And you're going to give me two of those guys? And I get to play them both at the same time? Wow. Just And just one more thing on Crandall. Uh, this past year, I know, I know that, you know, the Fighting Hawks and North Dakota were down. But in the Big Sky tournament this year, uh, they got matched up with Montana State. You might think, like, who cares? It's Montana State and, and, and 
in North Dakota. Like, it, it doesn't matter. No, no, it did matter. Montana State has Tyler Hall. Tyler Hall is a, a shooting guard that's got NBA buzz. Actually went through, uh, you know, some had some workouts for some NBA teams this past summer. Had his name in the draft, then pulled it back out and is going to return to Montana State. In that first round matchup, Crandall completely outplayed Hall. Crandall had 18, 6 assists, th- 3 steals, 3 rebounds. Hall had 11, 7, and 4. Montana State led by 19 in the second half. And guess who had the end one play with about a minute to go to tie the game? Yeah, and tied at 74. Yeah, it was Crandall. So he knew the stage that he was on. He's like, I'm playing an NBA caliber guard here. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to I'm gonna ball out on him, and then I'm going to make the winning play with under a minute to go. That's what I'm going to do. That's the type of player that Gonzaga is getting. Wow, that's really impactful. And I think the last thing that we'll close up shop with here is I think that this is a similar situation that we talked about last year uh, coming into the season with Cincinnati and Kane Broom. Kane Broom, uh, really, really high-scoring point guard from Sacred Heart transferred over to Cincinnati. You know him at Crone and doesn't like turnovers. The one bugaboo about Crandall there was his number of turnovers. His turnover to assist ratio was nearly one-to-one, which is not a go for Mark Few. So you know that that's going to be one of the things that they pay attention to when they're trying to you know, run him through sets, school him on the offense. This is how we want to run things. This is how we want to get the ball. This is where we want to get the ball. So it's not going to be all on him. That's going to be a similar area. I I think there's going to be some growing pains there where I think initially it's going to look good on paper, but then when it's out there, I think that few in the coaching staff and Crandall himself will experience and show some growth from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. And I think the last thing is, like, we can just go, like, quick scouting report on Crandall. He's quick. He can shoot it. He can break you down. He has a total change of gears dribble, which is really, it can totally get you off balance. He can break people's ankles. Uh, He's really craft with the ball on passes off the dribble. There are a couple of passes that, you know, you you watch in a couple of these games, whether it be the championship game in the Big Sky or against Gonzaga, where you, you were like, whoa. Hey, that looked like a pro. That looked inventive. That looked unique. So there are there is a skill set that he possesses that I think I don't know maybe even Nigel Williams Goss didn't have, which is speaking a lot Gonzaga point guards. So I think to sum up, they got a good one here, and I think they got the right one, and I think it's really going to benefit them not only during the season, but I also think it's really going to benefit them uh, come postseason because we went through how Crandall will perform in a big spot when it really matters, whether it be against another big-time guard like Tyler Hall or whether it be against history when you're fighting to get your school the first NCAA bid in its history since moving from D2 to D1 and executing that in the final minute and winning a game in overtime in your conference tournament final. It's a great get. So, listeners, we just want to say thanks for tuning in during the offseason. Thanks for keeping a – thank you for letting us keep you company during the offseason – and giving you your college basketball fix. Mike and I are totally appreciative for you guys tuning in. We hope that we help you during your week. We hope you guys are enjoying your summer, whether it be uh, spending some great time on the weekend, getting some space outside. We hope that you're spending some time outside. With Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, I mean, you can't wait to put that uh, top 25 out for you guys next week. So we'll let you know where to find that. And Mike and I will be back next week, and we'll have a couple of things to bounce off each other each other so thank you thank you thank you again listeners cheers give the podcast a follow at ses podcast efficiency of keystrokes of course on twitter and please give mike randall a follow at randall rant 
He's got a new icon next to his uh, Twitter uh, ID, so don't be scared off by that. It's red instead of black now. And uh, if you really like what you're listening to, don't forget to give the podcast a nice review, whether it be on Apple uh, Podcasts or whatever your vehicle of consuming podcasts is. We'd love to interact with you that way. And if, if you really like what you're listening to and you want to get in touch with the show, email us at sespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to uh, communicate with you that way if that's your mode of communication. So listeners out there, thank you. Hit us up on any of those venues that you see fit, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you guys next week. Cheers. Salacha. Gratulatia. Arigato. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.